0: Welcome to FEO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil.
1: Hello and welcome to FEO on the Air. Today we've got Ramsey Hart from the Table Community Food Centre joining us. Welcome, Ramsey. Good to be with you. Uh, you guys are located in Perth. Can you tell me a little bit about what the, uh, the Table Community Food Centre is all about?
2: I sure can. The Table uh, started a partnership with Community Food Centres Canada in uh, 2011, 2012, and through that we've evolved from a more conventional small town food bank into a really dynamic community hub that offers a a range of services, mostly but not exclusively focused around food. So we run a food bank, but with a really uh, big focus and effort on making sure the food that we distribute uh, is uh, healthy, um, where possible locally produced as well. um, We try and give people options and choices um, to take home things that will work best for them uh, and their families. We also run meal programs. So we serve three from scratch uh, healthy meals a week. And everyone from the community is welcome to come and join us. And it's a, a, a fun social event uh, as well as being an opportunity for people to get a, a good square meal. Um, and we also have a, a range of what we call community kitchens where people can come and not just eat together but also uh, prep a meal and, and learn different uh, things about nutrition and, and healthy lifestyles. And then we have a, a advocacy and social justice program where we help folks uh, manage their, their struggles as well as provide uh, training and opportunities to learn more and to become more engaged in the
1: community. So it's a really grassroots community effort.
2: Very much, yeah. And we exist thanks to the support of, of many uh, individuals who volunteer their time as well as uh, contribute financially.
1: Do you have community gardens and are, are different farmers in on the program or how does that work?
2: Uh, All of the above, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out as one of the programs which I I, uh, skipped over in my very brief summary there. But we do have uh, pretty extensive community gardens, about 10,000 square feet now of community garden space. And we've also helped uh, Perth set up its own allotment garden program where people can go and and grow food on their own little parcel. Um, And then we do also collaborate with local farmers and um, whenever possible we like to support them by purchasing their food and then also we can take any surpluses excesses they have when they come back from market with things that they haven't been able to sell. We try and make sure we we don't uh, see that go to waste and and put it to use in our our program.
1: And how about your volunteer base? Have you got a strong volunteer base? I mean that's one of the basics right? Everybody needs to eat and I think if you start from that point of view it's it's, it's a it's a no-brainer.
2: It's a you know fundamental human right to have access to to good healthy food, and, and it's the base of uh, a healthy lifestyle. You know, it's one of the, the key essential ingredients to, to people improving their their wellness. And so we do our, have a great base of volunteers about 150 people over the course of a year will volunteer with us Um, and that's sort of our core volunteers more get involved in in special events and sort of one-off things like that we're very fortunate to have a number of our participants also actively involved in volunteering and that's one of our priorities is to make sure that people accessing our services have chances to give back and to participate um, by volunteering
1: and the healthy lifestyles that's that's a great option as well for food banks because you know a lot of people just think about the peanut butter and the tuna but when you can offer fresh vegetables and prepared meals and stuff like that that takes that whole bro- program to a different level
2: it really does and, and you mentioned fresh fruit and veg and that's fortunately one of the most expensive things to to stock your uh, pantry and fridge with when you go to the grocery store. And so we're really proud of being able to help people increase their the amount of fresh fruits and vegetables that they're able to eat, and we do that in a way where we're fortunate to have the resources to tell people when they come in to use the food bank, take what you can use. Um, what does your family uh, go through, you know, in the next week? Um, you know, what the amount that you feel you can use, rather than the the old method, which we, we employed up to uh, two years ago, where we said, okay, your family's this size, here's your six carrots, here's your three apples, you know. Um, we really just want to make sure people get as much uh, fresh fruit and vegetables as they can, and so we're now fortunately able to say, hey, what, what can you use? Um, just help yourself to that amount of fresh fruit and vegetables.
1: In food bank situations, it's one of those things that, you know, in an ideal world there's no need for a food bank, but there obviously is. Is your, is your need in your community, is it growing, or is it – how do you judge it year over year?
2: Uh, it goes up and down. There's a bit of fluctuations. We haven't seen too much growth in the last year um we are unfortunately in you know in the year come one of the plants which is a major employer in town has said that uh is likely going to to cease operating in town so that's going to be hard for a lot of families um who have folks working at the plant so you know we uh are also seeing the cuts in uh, Ontario Works and Ontario Disability Support programs the planned increases aren't going ahead with uh, announcements made recently, so uh, we're concerned about where things may go in the future. Um, the last two years, things have been pretty steady, but again, that's uh, steady at a rate which we think is, you know, inappropriate for a country as as wealthy as us. Um, the rates of food insecurity in Canada really are something that, that needs to be addressed in a systematic way, and. and some, in a way that goes much beyond uh, food
1: bank, And for those that aren't involved, uh, I mean, it, you should get involved with your local food bank if you can, if it's at the basic donation level or helping out. And I served on our food bank in in town here on the board of directors for a number of years. And when it really hit home is when you go around and you deliver Christmas hampers and stuff. And, and, you know, you can put a face to the need. And it's not always just people that are totally down on their luck with no money. It's the working poor as well.
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, we have about a third of Folks that use our food bank only use it once in a year, and it's just a situation where month to month uh, something's come up and, and they're having a hard time making ends meet, and it's important that they can uh, have a place to, to see them through that month so that the situation doesn't spiral further. And But then we also do have folks that do depend on it on month to month because the rates of income that they have Um, working minimum wage or on Ontario Works or on ODSP just aren't sufficient for them to to get by with themselves and or their family.
1: And I know some of the biggest challenges facing some of our Festival and events are the volunteer base and getting enough volunteers to to run the programs that are out there. How how does that work for you guys? Are you flush with volunteers or are you always looking and and, and trying to get a, a good base there? We're
2: always looking for sure. It's absolutely a challenge, uh, and it's a challenge for you know one-off events because you need sort of this inflexive new. Uh, People and in a small town like Perth, you know, we've we've got six thousand in town, and our uh, catchment or surrounding towns about twenty thousand total. So, you know, we're not in a major metropolitan area, and so we're drawing on people, as are all the other agencies in town, drawing on people. So, uh, it can be a challenge, but uh, when people volunteer with us, they always find it to be a a good experience, and we get great feedback from the volunteers about you know what an impact it has on their lives, and so we do find that we are able to to manage the staff, our uh, ongoing programs as well as their special events but not without a, a fair bit of work that goes into recruiting and, and keeping our, our volunteers engaged.
1: And your community kitchens is it uh, are you're teaching people how to stretch that dollar and how to stretch that food hamper uh, and still have it uh, you know nutritious and, and meeting all your dietary needs?
2: There's a, a range of things that we focus on in our community kitchens. Um, we have uh, developed a program uh, we call Cooking with Sense that about making sure that people make the best use of their limited uh, food budgets, Um, but also um, things like uh, diabetes-friendly cooking. uh, Diabetes and other chronic diseases are something that affects uh, low-income folks disproportionately. Um, Also, we have a program for parents and their toddlers, trying to make sure that toddlers get exposed to a a nice diversity of of healthy foods early on, and that can help set them up for a a lifetime of healthy eating. And so that's a program we've we've developed in-house. We have a program called Food Fit which uh, combines uh, healthy eating as well as uh, light exercise and, and really helps people try and work through the, the changes, Small, small steps. You know, we're not talking about, you know, totally remaking the way they eat or, you know, the, the fat diets that come and go every once in a while, but just simple, basic things that people can do to improve their, their health and their nutrition and, and also get uh, more active.
1: And we're coming into the, the bounty in Ontario when, when the harvest comes in and everything, and obviously a good time for food banks. What, what are the times of years where you really need the help? I mean, you know, you think of the Christmas time and and the fall food drives are always great, but what, what's the really uh, need for you guys?
2: Well, it's year round for sure. Um, our numbers don't uh change too much uh, throughout the year, so you know we ne- we need that support. Um, we depend on food donations, whether it be fresh garden produce or from the farms or the canned goods um, and we depend on that throughout the year. The habits that people have developed and the patterns uh, see us get the bulk of our non perishable donations from November through uh, the end of the year and and we can ride on that surplus sort of for a few months in the new year. But then, uh, you know, come the late winter, or spring, um, we need to really start hustling and/or spending our own money to to stock the shelves, and so that's a time of year that we really uh, can use some uh, extra support. And we we try and uh, if people are interested in supporting us um, rather than organizing uh, another Christmas food drive, we try to make them, uh, you know let them know about our our needs and say, hey, well, how about something in the uh, in the late winter or spring? And you know, the other thing we along with many other food banks and food banking organizations are doing is trying to encourage people to think about the efficiencies and and greater impact they can have if they donate uh... via cash donations rather than goods because um, it's just so much easier and so much more efficient for us to, to take somebody's donation and then buy things when they're on sale when we need them, save that money uh, until we have a, a shortage and then we can go out and purchase things, uh, often at a significant discount over what they would be paying retail. So that's an ongoing uh, educational piece that we and uh, other food banks are involved with.
1: And a lot of our events are looking for community partners and, and quite often they have food drives. And Is the Perth community... Uh, and the events that happen in that area—are you well supported by uh, member events and and festivals and stuff in your area?
2: Yep, yeah, and we do a variety of things. We participate in a variety of events. Uh, you know, in addition to holding our own, like Barnes Farms Wicked chess. we participate in the Stewart Park Festival as a food vendor, and we found that to be a great way of being involved and being visible in the community and supporting other community initiatives, as well as it's an effective fundraiser for us to be selling a good, healthy option to folks that are enjoying the music at the festival. Um, and so we do partner with other community events, and other events will hold some food drives or take donations at the door uh, for the table, which is always appreciated.
1: Ramsey Hart from the Table Community Food Centre joins us today on FIO on the Air, back in just a minute.
0: Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged, and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at FestivalsAndEventsOntario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Feel on the air continues here again as our host Dave McNeil.
1: Welcome back to Feel on the Air. Ramsey Hart from the Table Community Food Center joins us. Uh, you've got a big event coming up uh, in just a week or so, August 18th, Barnes Farms and Wicket Chefs. Can you tell us a little bit about that program?
2: Uh, We sure can. Yeah, it's a wonderful event. So as you say, it's August 18th and it's an evening event, combination gala fundraiser and barn party. So it's sort of got the low key atmosphere of uh, a barn party and it's outdoors and indoors and uh, located on just a beautiful heritage farm property that's been all done up as a, a very popular event space just outside of Perth. And for the event, we invite some amazingly talented chefs that very generously donate their time to the event, and they come out, and each one prepares a different plate using local produce. Then folks can move around through the different uh, stations that the chefs have um, and enjoy their food and meet and chat a little bit uh, when they're not too busy and uh, enjoy some amazing, amazing food. Um, And then uh, also there's music uh, as well as uh, live and silent auctions, and it's just a really social, really fun event uh, that people have described as, as magical and unique and really one of a kind.
1: And, and how many people would you normally get to an event like that? Is it an annual event?
2: It's an annual event, yeah. Um, it's been running, uh, this will be our seventh year with it and um, we expect about 300 guests to come. We have a capacity for about uh, 350 total.
1: And do the the chefs and and the farmers, do they touch base prior and and come up with uh, good pairings? And I know you have liquor, uh, beer, and um, wine available. Uh, Are they getting together and mixing and matching?
2: Yes. So so Judy Dempsey, our community chef here, does sort of the matchmaking between the chefs and the local producers, and we sort of gauge what's available, and then she works the magic to – to talk to the chefs and see what they'd be interested in working with and then sort of a, a back and forth about what's available, what are they interested in doing and so they they work together and come up with some really uh, fantastic fantastic uh, items. Um, and then we have um, a variety of, of wines and uh, local spirits and and beers as well. Don't go too, too far in pairing each dish with a, a wine but more focus on getting some some really nice quality uh, regional wines available for people to try uh, as well as making sure we highlight our, our local brewery and so we're uh, thrilled to have our, our two featured breweries be from Perth here, the the Perth Brewery as well as uh, a new uh, company that's just starting up, Weatherhead Brew Company, also based in Perth.
1: Is it a, a demo type situation, or is it more of the Marché where you're going station to station, talking to the the different providers and chefs?
2: Yeah, more more the latter, the Marché sort of scenario. Um, I mean, the dishes will be partly prepared ahead of time and partly being prepared uh, in the moment, so people can certainly you know watch and see what they're up to, and and then. Uh, Um, You know, sometimes there's a bit of a lineup as the evening kicks off, but then things slow down and people are, you know, welcome to to come around and and have a more casual and and take time to chat and meet the chefs as well.
1: And it's nice to have the chefs out out in front because so often they're in the back kitchen and people don't see them and interact with them. So it's a great opportunity.
2: We get great feedback from the chefs about how much they enjoy the events. And and we've had some that uh, keep wanting to come back. And uh, so, you know, thinking about uh, Dominic Paul who uh, was uh, one of the founders of Ilfinita's in uh, ottawa um we're happy to have anna march and, and carly shelk from cultivating cooks coming back this year and simon bell from uh, parkdale food center um they they're you know become strong supporters of the event but then we've got some new folks coming uh, some great restaurants in ottawa will be represented uh, so town a very popular spot on elgin co-owner and chef mark Duara will be joining us for the first time which is really exciting Uh, One of the chefs from Fraser Cafe, uh, John Croche, will be coming. Uh, And then another new addition is Kyle mortimer pru who's um, a chef at the new event space in Ottawa called All Things.
1: So approximately how many different stations would you have at the event?
2: Uh, So we'll have uh, nine food stations, uh, and that includes one dessert station uh, with our local Perth Pie Company. Uh, and then there'll be the beverage stations.
1: So somebody should come hungry and prepared to uh, to enjoy a great evening uh, of uh, food?
2: People will not leave hungry at all. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of small plate style, but people are welcome to return for, uh, you know, if, they, if there's one thing they like in particular, they're welcome to return as many times as they like to that station. Uh, if you do the full rounds, that's, you know, a pretty good evening of of dining if you if you visit every station, um, and we also work hard to you know work with the chefs to make sure there are uh, options for folks that have different food needs, uh, be it uh, gluten intolerance or vegetarianism and veganism. So we do try to make sure there are options available for everyone.
1: And not that that's not enough, but you also have local entertainment throughout the evening.
2: We sure do. We've got some wonderful uh, musicians that. will be joining us um and they sort of uh, provide some some background during the initial part of the the event and then uh tradition now is they all get together and have a real uh, lively jam session in one of the barns uh, towards the end of the evening which is a, a real blast
1: so would this be one of your biggest events of the year your main fundraiser type of thing
2: absolutely this is our big event for the year um It's our biggest event-based fundraiser for the year. Uh, Very important for us, both uh, in terms of financial as well as just uh, reaching out to our our community and our donors and uh, having an opportunity to meet them uh, in person and and, uh, chat with them about everything that's going on at the table.
1: And if any of our listeners were interested in, in getting a ticket or coming to your event, where would they go to find that information?
2: So the information is readily available on our website, which is the table. CFC, that's the table, charlie, foxtrot, charlie.org. And click through the links uh, about Barnes Farms Wicked Chefs. Uh, Tickets are available for purchase online. Uh, They're $125. That includes all the foods you can eat. Um, It does not include uh, alcoholic drinks, so those are separate. Um, but you also get an $80 charitable donation receipt uh, in the new year. So those are available online and lots more information there. Also links to to connect with us for more information if there's a question that uh, isn't answered online. More in just a minute
1: with Ramsey Hart from the Table Community Food Centre.
0: Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Theo on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FEO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now. Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FEO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil.
1: We're back with View on the Air. Ramsey Hart from the Table Community Food Centre joins us. Ramsey, these events, they, they take a lot of partnerships and sponsors to make them happen. Who are, what are some unique things you've got going on this year?
2: Well, we're ex- excited with a new partnership that we have with our, our local hotel here in Perth, the uh, Parkside Inn. They've uh, done a generous offer of discounting rooms uh, if you say you're going to the event and also facilitating sale of tickets to, to guests. And then importantly, they're offering a shuttle service so folks can um, come out and enjoy themselves worry-free. If they have a, a few glasses of wine or, or pints of beer, they don't have to you know, uh, worry about getting back home safe uh, because the event is outside of town. Um, and so uh, other folks have been creative and rented buses and, and vans and things like that, uh, which we really appreciate. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Parkside Inn has, has gone uh, an extra mile of offering a, a free shuttle for folks that are staying at the hotel to come to the event. So that's a a neat one. Uh, We also have a variety of very generous sponsors, and uh, two in particular, um, AMIA Canada, which is a facility, industrial facility here in Perth has been a very generous supporter from the very get-go of this event, as well as Jim Noble of RBC Dominion Securities. Those are our two lead sponsors and you know, the sponsors uh, of the event are important to, to help us uh, reach our fundraising goals because it is a, a big event and an expensive event to put on so that helps make sure that uh, ticket sales and, and uh, income from our auctions as well uh, go straight to our program.
1: So I know it's hard to think of the rest of the year when your main event is only a week away but what, what else have you guys got in the Work's coming up uh, between now and uh, January 1, 2019.
2: Well, we'll take a bit of a break in the early fall in terms of fundraising events, so that we always have a full slate of programs running here at the table. Uh, But then we'll be gearing up towards the end of the year with a number of uh, holiday-themed events. So uh, we partner with uh, CP for their holiday train. It's another annual event, and the train comes in fully lit uh, with entertainment, and it's a, a great event to get people out. and uh, We help uh, get people there and then take donations uh, from folks as they come and arrive and also provide a little bit of a pre-show to help people stay uh, engaged and warm as they wait for the big event to come. So that'll be in late November. We don't have the exact date yet. Um, we also have a community-wide, it's actually a regional partnership, uh, fundraiser uh, and food drive called Build a Mountain of Food that happens across uh, the communities in, in Lanar Lanner County. And, and so that'll be gearing up again uh, late November. And then we're uh, involved in the, the, the Christmas events that happen here in Perth, uh, serving food as well as, as taking donations. So we'll really be, be gearing up for uh festival of lights uh, with the town of Perth come uh, the end of the year.
1: And I know we're talking about the Perth Food Centre, but... Um food banks are all across Ontario and they all need our support. And uh, any any lasting word for people looking to to help in their community?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Really encourage people to, to look to local food centres. Uh, community Food Centres Canada has a number of partner sites uh, that are sort of our sister organisations with us that apply similar models. So we've got two in Toronto and one in Hamilton and Stratford, um, as well as other food banks. And, and, encourage people to uh, figure out how they can best contribute. Uh, Volunteers are always needed. Uh, Help with events like this are are greatly appreciated, as well as uh, donations, uh, whether it be uh, cash or or food. If you're thinking about donating food, really encourage people to always check in with their uh, local food bank to see what they need. You know, maybe they've just purchased a pallet of uh, beans, and so that's not exactly something they need at this point in time. Um, So cash donations are always uh, the easiest to deal with, but in terms of food, just make sure you check in to see what is is needed in the moment, um, and encourage people to, to get involved.
1: And donations of any kinds are always welcome. And, and And I know when you're talking about the dollars and, and how food banks can stretch a dollar farther than. Uh, the local consumer can. And I think that's an important message that we have to continue to explain a, a, and grow upon because, you know, I think sometimes when people think about donating cash and dollars that it's going towards operating and salaries and stuff like that, but a lot of food banks are set up that uh cash donations go specifically to food purchase. And, and, and I know we used to use models of every dollar generated, we could turn into $8 worth of food. At, at our local food bank, and I'm sure it's similar across the province. And I, I think that's yeah. an important message for everybody to understand.
2: It really is. And and um, also, just to your point about where does the donation go, food banks couldn't operate if they didn't have the lights on. And, and you know, if they have to pay rent if they're not fortunate enough to own their own building like we do. But, you know, we have to pay to, to, to heat the place and that. So uh, it is, you know, people often don't think about that when they would rather just have the tangible donation of a non-perishable food item. And, you know, these facilities can't run um, solely on, on Goodwill and, and uh, volunteers. So uh, there are expenses that we all have. And um, if somebody's really dedicated to, to really wanting to focus their donation on food, then there are also facilities usually available to, to uh, take that into, into account. And, uh, again, if people are uh, really determined to donate that food item, then just make sure that the food items are something that uh, is in need at that point in time. But um, whether it be through buying on sale, bulk buying, Uh, And wholesale buying, food banks and and food centres absolutely can really stretch a dollar much further than than the individual consumer can when they're at the grocery store.
1: Well, Ramsey, from all of us at FIO, we wish you the best of luck with the uh, barn farms and Wicked Chefs coming up on August 18th and and everything else throughout the rest of the year. Thanks for joining us today.
2: It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: If you've got an idea you'd like to talk about, just get in touch with us at dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca and we'll be happy to make it happen until the next time i'm dave mcneil you've been listening to feel on the air
0: thanks for listening to feel on the air the voice of festivals and events in ontario